Oh shit. Mic's on. And I am on the loop again once more. The moon's covered by a by a fog. It's really nice. I recorded a few ones here, man. I recorded Calm and Nice Reflection, uh, the Midnight Reflection. I recorded What is Bumk, B-U-M-C-K or B-U-M-K-K. Like, I think one other. I'm not sure which one that was. I recorded like at least three or four episodes in this specific park. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's just so nice because you you exit the house and it's literally less than 50 meters away and you're already in this really beautiful area, a river and the sloop you can always walk filled with trees and it's yeah, I, I, I know for a fact, you know, wherever I live in, in the future it's always nice to have somewhere close to where you live that helps you escape the city life or this uh, noisy type of life that we're normally subjected to. Everything is wet. I want to sit on the bench, but I guess that's not happening. <sighs> yeah, I'll sit on the edge of the bench, on top of the bench. So I'm not really sure what I want to talk about today. I I made this list on my Evernote. Evernote is an application I use to save all my notes. So I use I use it to, whenever I find whenever I get a thought of something I want to write about or whenever I <coughs> just find a nice sentence, you know, somehow I write that down. I'm creating characters for for the novels that I want to write. When I find like a a nice cover for an album on Spotify or any other application I'm using, I usually like any inspiration I find. I usually just quickly put it there, and I collect it. It's a bit chaotic. I want to organize it a little bit, but it's it's all there. I know it's there, and that's what I I like about it. So I have a, I have an episode like I have a note called next episode. Wow, the first sentence is Believe those who seek truth Beware those who find it <laughs> Wow Wow, I don't know, like I put it in bold and I put it as the first sentence So I don't, I don't think that's like uh, I don't know what I intended when I did that exactly That's the problem, like I see that as, a, as an issue with this, you know, Let, let's say uh, I have an idea for a chapter that I want to write in the book and I end up just writing a sentence about it like the main sentence like okay here believe those who seek truth beware those who find it you know I can start talking about it analyzing it and all of that uh, start saying things like you know no matter how much I try to find an answer I'll never commit to I'll never be able to say like oh I found it this is it all right and whatever I do Whatever I am, whatever I am able to describe as it, is only through 
vague terms that don't really reflect its nature completely. So it's never really a true reflection, so I can't say that I found the truth. Although there is a part of me that, that just isn't happy with seeing the world as, uh, as an infinite representation of perfection expressing itself to itself through imperfection on a lot of levels. Now, it, it's, it's nice, but like you've definitely seen this image before, the image of a mandala. And that's the circle, like any piece of art that you see that has a circle that, that keeps representing its circle differently as the circle grows. Uh, you can see that image a lot in, in mosques, on, on certain walls. Uh, I can't think of a specific example, but like every religion has a certain type of mandala. Just a circle that, that you know, it's more than one circle on top of each circle. And they all just, each layer of the circle just looks differently. And that's, that's another idea of how perfection is forming itself and transforming itself from itself infinitely. And that's what it's continuously doing, which is, it's nice, you know, you can look at the world like that and be like, okay, cool, but we're just driving that from a pattern of what we've seen so far. And who knows, because, okay, it's infinite complexity and sure we can represent it through an image. Uh, what does that bring us, you know? And a part of me isn't too happy right now with seeing the world too much like that. Um, if I, I am an, as an entity, an infinitely complex oneness, did this to myself somehow, then that's just somewhat stupid, right? What need in me that I have that let me, let me do this type of thing? If I am perfection seeking to see myself through being imperfect, are, is it the quest of understanding your own intelligence? Sure, I, I wrote a book about that, but it's it's not helping me be more one with, with everything just by being able to articulate it or think about it. To know God is to feel God, not to, to think about Him, I think. And this feeling of knowing is so much nicer you usually get it if, if you're high or you, you overestimate the worth of a certain thought if you're you're high. You know, I've seen that in, in myself and a lot of my friends. You know, I had a friend of mine once was really high and he just, he was lying on the floor for a long time. Then he just got up all of a sudden. He's like, guys, I figured it out. I know the truth. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I know the truth. I was like, all right, man, you know, please let me in on this. And he pulls out his notebook and the next day and he's like, yo, I wrote the truth down and all of that. And what he had written down, you know, I wish it was a mandala at that point. Like, I would have been impressed. And like, if I think back to it and it was a mandala, I would be like, oh, shit, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it was just a, a line. It was just a line. He, he scribbled nonsense. Uh, but to get back to the point of, of writing ideas down is that, you know, I, I, while writing the sentence, while writing, like when it, when let's say I saw it somewhere, let's say it's inspiration that just came out of me and I'd write it down and remarks for, for edits that I want to do in the book, for example, let's check the, so one of the, one of the ideas I wanted to add in the book, I have a chapter called Cosmic Narrative. And, you know, the cosmic narrative is pretty, it's a 
pretty fucking big narrative you know it's, it's uh you know again perfection imperfection all of that and i wrote here the last prophet if there were a prophet now we wouldn't acknowledge him as such there will be no more prophets and this was a statement said by prophet muhammad technically the last prophet in, in the in What's the term again? I, I, it's not the first time I forget it. The, the religions that are the Hebraic, Biblical and Islamic religions, they're all a part of this same narrative, right? And Muhammad mentioned that he will be the last prophet. And since then, you know, there hasn't been any prophet. But, but realistically, if someone popped up right now and said, Yo, everyone, God has spoken to me. I am the... One and only, we won't take him seriously for shit. We're gonna be like, "Who the fuck does this guy think he is?" You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm prophet. I'm just like, it's just a thought that I entertain, just to, to see if I can entertain it. It's, it's nice to, to be able. You have to ask yourself that, man. I'm trying to spread the message. I don't think we're living right as a society for shit. Of course, I, I want to fucking change things in the system. So. I, I definitely, when I wrote this down, the rest of my being, the rest of my mind somehow manifested it at that point. And my, my, my state of mind was in that state of mind. So if I continued to write about it more than a sentence, I would have probably been able to write an entire page or two just about this one sentence. But now that I've written it down, I put it here for my future self to someday open it and be like, oh, okay, I wrote this sentence, let me fucking decipher it and write about it now and i like but but then you look at it again and you don't have that same background of inspiration and and inert unconscious knowledge that would have come forth if you actually fucking did that if you actually wrote then and there when it came but like sometimes you just can't write then and there and, and you, the least you can do is just put it down so you don't lose it but i, I see myself doing that often you know i take tidbits I take like a company that I find online that's interesting and be like, I want to apply to it. And then I'd save it in a note. And then like, when the fuck am I going to apply to it until I actually open and actually start going through the process of understanding what I don't know about applying to this company, understanding what I don't know about this company, understanding what I don't know about everything that has to do with the positions that they and the industry they operate in and all of that to, to actually fucking apply properly. And I'm always saving those tiny tidbits and leaving them for myself for the future. And I'm never seemingly reaching a point where I'm, I'm working on those things. And that's, uh, you know, frustrating. I have this feeling in my head. Now it's, it's dissolved quite nicely. Like it's, it's, I feel a lot clearer than I felt back in, in Jordan or, or Prague. Or not, now that I'm here, I, I've been eating a lot better. I've been taking care of myself a lot better stretching a lot more meditating more i stopped eating carbs and bread for the past you know six seven days now and it's been pretty amazing um you know back to eating when i feel like eating and all of that running on my own system my own way and uh you know i sat down and i organized a lot of what's what's been going on and uh i cleared up a lot of what's in my head definitely and it's nice, you know, I, I went through a phase in Jordan where I really had zero energy. You know, if you listen to the last episode I recorded and uploaded uh, from back there, I really had, I don't know what happens when I get there. I just feel so weak, so tired, so helpless, like I don't have the energy to, to do anything anymore. And I think that's 
partly due to the, my family, how the conversations that we have, the input that we give each other, and partly through knowing that my mom will cook, my mom will clean, my mom will, will do all of those things even though she shouldn't. And, you know, it's not as if I'm always leaving a huge mess, but it's just knowing that this is a space where I can just not give any energy out. I think a part of my brain really just takes advantage of that and, and becomes super tired for some reason. And I, I don't, it's not something I like, you know, at all. I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying not having that much energy. But at the same time, it was relaxing somehow. So I do feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm writing these notes. But because I look at them later, I look at them in a more shallow sense. Because then it's one note among, one line among so many other lines that all have meaning in such a different way. And then I have to like invest the energy of, of now thinking about it, understanding it, and then going on about it again, maybe getting that intuition. And I see that I operate a lot on intuition as a person. What I feel is right or what I feel comes to me and how I can let it out nicely, how much attention I can give it and how I can give it that attention and, and keep going. Um, so yeah, I do feel like this backdrop of, of so many things I have to do and so many things that I have to keep track of in my mind that my mind just uh, isn't keeping track of anything. That's what I felt the past while. But now that, that decreased a lot, now that I just took one step at a time to keep doing because like what, with the job applications, for example, with the job applications, I keep in my mind making it such a monumental task of, you know, I need to apply so much right now all it takes is for me to sit down and put my headphones in and just start looking for things that, that are interesting for me and start exploring different areas online, different companies, different... Like today I opened up and I started looking at... Because um, I started looking at workshops and training companies, companies that give workshops and that give training to, to employees and all of that because I, I want to be an instructor at the end of the day. I want to be able to give a message the best way that I can. And that's something I know how to... I, th I think I can continually improve in this area a lot more, you know. I uh, definitely made a lot of mistakes in my first course. I'm sure I recorded the second and third one, but I've yet to upload them and yet to edit them because uh, I think finding a job is more important. But then you get into that fallacy again, that, that false pattern of thinking of I can't do something until something else is the case you know like i can't i can't begin writing the novel i want to write how the smoke dances because i haven't a found a job yet and b haven't finished editing understanding intelligence yet and because of that i haven't been been writing anything about it i've just been keeping notes of how i think you know certain characters interact how certain things go down where they go down how they happen it's not it's important to think those all out and i'm not saying that i feel any regret or any judgment or hate towards myself that i'm not writing it it's not the time for me to write it uh, but we do have that type of uh, false thinking you know do i do this like like I'm not sitting down and editing the courses, not because I don't have the time or energy. It's not as if I'm applying to jobs 16 hours a day. I'm barely applying to jobs two hours a day. And that's, that's barely the case and that should be a lot more. A lot of my time goes into just maintaining my myself eating or anything like that, which is something like I really don't want to waste so much time on. 
There's such a nice dog here. Every time I'm here, there's so many nice, nice dogs. You know, this old woman's walking her dog at like two in the morning, golden retriever, fluffy and cute. <coughs> so, yeah, I'm not going to keep giving myself excuses of not being able to do something, waiting for something else. And, and sometimes it's just not that monumental of a task. All it takes is to just sit down and, and do it. But that's uh, easier said than done. I feel like for me, before I'm able to do something, I have to do certain other things first before I'm in the right state of mind to start doing that thing. So before looking for, for jobs, I had to, I told myself, okay, first I have to clean and then I have to shower and then I, I wanted to meditate and I didn't have enough time to meditate, but then I got hungry and then I ate and then I ate and then I didn't know how to work. You know, even though all, all this would take is for me to just to do it, you know, but then I'd be like, I just ate. Now I have to watch something. I have to read something. And then I, then, okay, wait, uh, I just had a tea okay now now i'm in the right state of mind to do this and that's like three hours that could have just gone into doing it but then give me a good video game to play and which is something i haven't done for years but then yesterday i found this amazing game it's called frost punk so it's basically it's like i i don't know where to begin <laughs> Is basically humanity is wiped out because of, of the ice age and you're the last civilization you left London and you went north it's 1800 steampunk type of game technology is uh, all steam and machinery so you reach the north you find this generator which is this tower that that that's producing heat and you start building your civilization around this tower tower not towel <laughs> build a civilization around the towel so important you know you always need a towel never forget to bring a towel man i think south park really left an impact on me in my life like these guys really are leaving a dent somehow you know influencing how people think and how they view things always trying to be controversial it'll always be one of my favorite shows man south park the new season that they released right now is just so good from the start. Uh, it's exactly how South Park needs to be. They got banned in China because they made an episode called Banned in China. And and I I've just watched it. It's so good. So this Frostpunk game, like I used to remember when I was like 9 to, to maybe 16, 17, 18 even. Whenever there was... Uh, summer vacation or, or winter holidays or any type of holiday I would find myself a game sometimes it was Sims 3 sometimes it was uh, video game Tycoon sometimes it was uh, this SimCity was nice sometimes it was Democracy 3 I'd find myself a game and I'd sit there for six hours straight and just play this game without anything else on my mind just figuring out how this game works how how am i gonna succeed when do this do that okay i failed repeat i'm just playing this game and i'm in it i'm so fucking in it and i love that feeling you know so energetic my mind is so sharp 
and it's just going at it constantly uh, without even thinking about going at it you know you're not putting in any any type of uh, external energy it's just you're just doing it and that's what happened yesterday night I really didn't see it coming I downloaded this game and I, I sat there to play and uh, I started at like 11.30 and then like at 5 in the morning I was like okay wait I need to I need to <laughs> sleep then I slept till like 12 woke up and then played another 3 hours straight and then finished the game my phone was off and I didn't check my phone till like 9pm or 8.30 tonight in the evening and after after finishing and completing again like that's eight hours of just pure brain focus and then i woke up and my brain was focused and going at it for three hours i ended up like cleaning the apartment fixing my my everything uh preparing ginger shots for for today and tomorrow like because i'm leaving to berlin tomorrow for, to see my brother uh and his girlfriend which i'm really excited to meet for the first time um it's good stuff i'm gonna have her on the podcast for sure i'm gonna ask her <laughs> so yeah like it gave me such a boost for my entire day i I've, i know i've known that i needed something like this for a while now just being able to sit there for for four hours straight and, and put my mind into something and let my mind absolutely just just go so damn necessary and then it gives me the space to sit down and do other things that I, I need to pay attention to and focus on. And that's uh, something I'm glad to, I'm glad it happened yesterday. I'm really happy about that. I'm really, really happy about that. Such a good game. Such a fucking good game. The second you think you have things under control in this game, Frostpunk. The second you think like you, you've settled down your settlement, you're like you start with 80 people and you start building stuff, building tents for them, having them let's giving them places to live. Temperatures are like minus 30 degrees and it just keeps on getting colder and you just keep on keep on needing to and, and it's not just problems because of the weather. you have a society and you have people in the society that have their, their problems and their different views and, and their needs and, and wants that you, you have to build medical centers, you have to get them food somehow in that cold of an atmosphere and you have to start gathering a lot of resources and starting you know prioritizing building this doing this doing that and going and going and going and making the right decisions you you pass laws in the game um sick game man honestly i can't i i, I love it god such a damn good game <sighs> started flossing every day at least once like makes such a difference like i want my gums and teeth to be to be good so what happened this is annoying so i went to the dentist three weeks ago before amsterdam and he told me okay we'll make an appointment in three weeks so i can fill in a cavity that you have and like it's such a small cavity like it's it barely pierced the, my tooth and I I went there again t like three days ago, and and he was like, oh, we found out that you have another cavity too. We're not like I haven't seen it, but but I feel like you have a cavity between these two teeth, and we'd have to like open up and and see stuff. And I was like, okay, like, but let's get that first one done first. And he's like, okay, and he got it done in like ten minutes, 
and I and I had an option. I ha- I could go with the option of my insurance paying for it and having a cheaper material as as the filling, or paying seventy euros. Remember, I don't have a lot of money right now. I'm in a stage. I have like seven hundred euros in my bank account. I have to move into a new apartment and and uh, in a month or two when I find a job and uh, I have to, I'm uh, like renting anything in Germany is at least three hundred minimum to six hundred euros and. I don't know where I'm going to be and how much it's going to cost. So that's 70 euros that went into this very, very small cavity. I should have opted to go for the cheap option that my insurance pays and then pay for the option of the thing between the teeth because that's more important. And while talking to him, we're talking in German, and I I, I, I had that thought. I had the thought that I, I wanted to follow this decision. I wanted to do the cheaper option and pay for the, the, the thing in between the two two molar teeth to the side. But then uh, then he, he was like, you know, but this material, you know, it stays with you for two or three years, the one that you don't, that the insurance pays. And the one that I'm doing, it's just, you know, you'll never have to think about it again for like 30 years. And for me, like I have this part of me that it's always like, even if it's, Whatever it is that's better long-term, I'll take. But sometimes long-term, for something to work out, you have to be very short-term. Be short-term and then long-term later, you know? And I knew that and I wanted to follow that decision then. But that, I don't know, something about me was just like, okay, no, I let him do it. And I and I found myself in this situation often, you know? I was I was... And I, I haven't, I don't know if I said this story on the podcast before. I don't think I did. I was, when I was moving from my older place that I left back uh, mid-July, mid-August, mid-August. I, it's October now. I took, wow, that was a month and a half ago. Like, I really feel like I'm a very different person since then. Like, I was thinking about the... Thesis a lot. I was, <laughs> I was in that, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I, I was moving my things, and when I came, when I left the station to come here, when I left the station to come here, I had a lot of shit, and some guy offered to help me carry carry a bicycle or something, and then he helped me, and like, then we like talked a lot, and he gave me his number, and we chilled for for like the next hour. And then he keeps on messaging me every now and then. And then like two weeks later, he calls me asking me to, to help him out because he really needs some money. And I don't know, part of me trusted him. I was like, you know what? I don't have a lot of money myself, but he's asking for 20 euros. If he really wants to call a stranger that bad to ask for 20 euros, then maybe he really needs the 20 euros. So why the fuck not? You know, I'll give him the money, but I'll give it in a way where I'll just give it to him. Without the intention of, of, I know that if I give it to him, I'm probably not going to get it back. I knew that. And I met up with him. And I knew the second that I met up with him that I should not give him the money. He came with a friend of his. And I felt the vibe was off. And I really felt like he's going to just go and spend my money on weed. I asked him, what are you going to spend my money on? And he's like, oh, just important things. He didn't really like specify. He didn't even say important. He just said things. And I didn't ask further. And then and there, like, I had the money in my hand and he came, he drove like 15 minutes to come see me with his friend. I didn't trust his friend. I didn't like his friend. 
and they kept on like shaking my hand and giving me like bro hugs you know when you shake someone's hand as a bro and then you go in for the hug they did that to me like three four times and like i don't know you guys and i i'm not your friend and don't act as if this is such a small deal and don't just keep giving me hugs as if that solves this you know and i knew that but i still kept going with those hugs you know and i really preferred if i didn't especially with the guy that i've never met before and just immediately didn't like i should have just drawn a line even if you want to give me this bro hug i don't know you i'm just going to give you one handshake and that's it we're not more than that i don't care for you i don't ever want to see you again i just don't know you i just did not like him and then and there like i could have been like you know what dude you came all the way here and whatnot but i feel like it's wrong to give you the money and i could have walked away but I didn't. I felt because my brain already made the decision to give it to him. My brain continued with that, and again, because my brain, I for the past three three weeks, I kept in mind that I am going to do this. Uh, I'm going to fill this cavity, and I'm going to pay this amount. My brain already decided on this. But then there was new information in both cases that came along, that made me reevaluate my decision. And both times, I came to a better decision. One, don't give this guy your money and just go home. It's fine. And two, just fill it, fill the cavity with the free thing that the insurance pays for, and fill the other cavity and pay for it yourself. And then, then, then it's then they're both good, short term and long term. And then long term, if that really small cavity needed to be done again, then you'd do it, and then you'd have the money to do it properly. So no problem. Both times, my brain went into situation with a predetermined decision. New information came up. And I knew I could have taken another decision, but I still stick to, stuck to the decision that I made in the beginning. And I fucking hated that. Like, both scenarios, I thought about them so much. I, I hated that. You know, same scenario happened in Jordan. We parked our car somewhere where it's okay to park your car. And then once we were leaving, a guy came to us, a valet guy in, in Jordan. There's so many of these guys. And he's like, this area is where we park our cars. So you have to pay us one JD which is literally maybe less than a euro and or which is almost exactly a euro and, and what's that you know nothing but still i felt like i don't want to pay this guy you did nothing you don't deserve this money but then he's then i told him like do you have anything that proves that this this land is yours in any fucking way then i'll give you the money and he said oh but like why would i carry it on me all the time you know that's just uh he's just he was just fucking lazy and I still, you know, he said that and I looked at him and I'm like, fuck it, okay. And I gave him, I gave him the JD, uh, which is almost a euro. And then I thought about that all fucking day. You know, I thought about it more than I thought about paying 70 euros to fill this cavity. Like, while, while pulling the money out to give it to him, I was like, you know, why am I pulling out the money? Just because I, just because I started pulling out the money doesn't mean that I need to continue. I, I would have much preferred to look up at him and say, you know what? I don't think you deserve this money. I, I just don't want to give it to you. And rode with my mom and left. What the fuck is he going to do? And he, he really just doesn't deserve the money. Morally, ethically, all of that. He just doesn't. And this type of culture and ideology and joy of just people asking for money like that just because of, of, of shit reasons. I hate. You know, who the fuck do you think you are? And so, yeah, like, I, 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 need, I need to be able to I need to be able to change my decisions as my body is already acting towards the decision that it thinks it's already made. That's all, that's all I want to take out of this, you know.
I don't know when, when I'm going to be in a scenario again where this is going to happen again. <laughs> but I, I, I'm sure it's going to happen again. <sighs> Hiccups, man, now. So even if even if it's happened, like, who knows when it's going to happen? Maybe I'm negotiating a deal for a business and, and uh, or my book publishing or whatever. There's millions of dollars on the line and, and my brain changes the decision. Now, what's happening in that scenario? You don't have a lot of time. And you have another person that's also banking on your decision. So I had the dentist that wanted the money. I had the, the guy who helped me out carry my stuff, who wanted the 20 JDs. And there's this valet guy who wanted the, sorry, 20 euros. And there's this valet guy who wanted uh, the 1 JD. Now, I'm still pretty sure that guy who took the 20 euros just bought weed with them. But like really, like when I met him and we ch chilled for the hour, I just felt like he's such a good guy. You know, and, and 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 he promised he's going to pay, pay me back in three days. And he's like, you know, uh, you can trust me, bro, blah, 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 all that, all that nonsense. And right before I flew to Amsterdam, because he lives right next to where my friend Omar lives, the friend I'm staying at right now, where I'm recording this right now in the park. I went over there. I went over to his house because he showed me which house he is and which uh, doorbell. And he's like, you know, we'll have coffee whenever you want, you know. I know where the fuck you live, dude, you know, I, I went there and I rang the doorbell and this woman from the window opens up and she's like, who the fuck are you and what the fuck do you want? Okay, maybe not that aggressively. Uh, she, she was young and pregnant and I thought she might be his wife or something. But then this other like older hip guy came out and he started talking to me. He doesn't speak German too well. And I asked him like, oh, is Tibet here? He's like, uh, what do you want from Tibet? He's my son. So I'm like, oh shit, this is the guy's dad, okay? Uh, I'm asking, you know, is he here? I just want to talk to him. He's like, what do you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> and usually when you, when you talk, when you talk, when you tell someone you just want to talk with someone, you know, it's usually a problem. It's usually like, oh, what's what's going on? And I told him, you know, nothing at all. I'm just, I'm just leaving to Amsterdam tomorrow and I just want to say goodbye to my friend. I've been texting him and he hasn't answered. And he's like, oh, uh, he didn't understand a lot his, his daughter apparently it was his daughter who was pregnant so the guy's sister uh, came and helped translate and she's like uh, is he in some kind of trouble did he do something do you want something from him blah blah, blah. i'm like no no not at all like we're just really good friends i haven't talked to him in a while i just want to say like i'm of course i'm not going to tell his his dad and sister that oh your brother took money from me and he barely knows me and, and i want it back you know, first off, maybe they just don't have a lot of money and, and they'd probably give me the money from, from them, like themselves or they just put him in more trouble. And the intention I went with this when I gave him the money was I'm just going to give it to him. You know, and I felt like I texted him like twice asking him if he if he still planned on giving it back. But like if you didn't, you know, just just don't worry about it. But you can still talk to me, man, because he just completely ignored me too. But then, you know, he would text me every now and then be like, I'll call you tonight, I promise, wallah, and then he just doesn't. Um, and like three, four times he said that. But then then I, I, I tell him, okay, no problem, if he's not here, they're like, yeah, he's coming back tomorrow, he's not here right now. I leave, I send him a voice message that he didn't listen to, and then he sends me, sends me a text saying that he was in prison for like two weeks for I don't know why, uh, don't know what the fuck went down with him. And that that's why he couldn't get in contact and whatnot uh, for the last two weeks. So I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Uh, I knew I was going to lose the money the second I gave it to him. 
But you know, what a weird thing, because like I really felt like this guy is good when I met him. Like I had this, uh, this feeling, but like when he came with his friend, it was just off. So I don't know when in my life I'm going to be in a situation where I need to change my decision right after I've done it. And like now I'm acting towards that decision, but now I'm in a new moment. You know, it's not what my brain calculated or expected anymore. And I need to be able to adapt quickly. But then again, like I said, you have a person in front of you that expects something from you. Like the doctor, he, he, he there's, there's time pressure, there's an expectation pressure. The doctor wants me to, to pay more, obviously, but at the same time, I could, could tell him, you know, just give me a second. I want to make a right decision. And what is he going to do? You know, is he going to kick me out of his uh, dentistry and tell me to fuck off? Of course not. He's going to give me that second if I needed it. Uh, if I told Tibet, this guy who took the 20 euros with his friend, you know what, dude, I don't want to give you the money. Uh, he's going to look at me. He's like, yeah, but dude, like I need it. I drove all the way here. I promise I'll pay you back. I, I just tell him, okay, sorry that you had to come all this way here. I'm not giving you the money. Just turn my back and walk away. Is he going to hit me from behind? Is he going to mug me? We were in front of like 30 other people in front of a hospital. The same hospital I did my chemotherapy in, man, and my operation. Like, Jesus. And so it was funny that I lived so close to the, to the hospital again that I, I did my chemotherapy in. Like, it was a nice, soft, gentle reminder of, uh, of what I've been through. And that's something else I wanted to mention. The fact that I didn't mention that I, I had cancer for a year of recording so, so, so long. Even though, like, when people start listening to this later on, or start to get get to know me a lot better later on, then uh, they might already know that this is this happened um, as soon as they get to know me. But still, like I felt like I don't know, I wasn't ready to talk about it that early, and I wasn't, I didn't feel like I wanted to identify with it too much or make it a story of myself or or anything like that. I don't, it didn't feel right to talk about it that that early. Yeah just didn't feel right. It somewhat feels like I have something more to say about this, but uh, I'm not exactly sure what. You know, because it's a big deal and it's, it's a private thing and it, it really shifted my, my way of thinking for myself and it had a rippling effect into my life further ongoing during my time in, in Madrid. And my time, my time abroad in Madrid, you know, I was still recovering. I was still tired. I was still, uh, you know, it was fresh in my mind. And I, I thought that I knew how to cope with it. And I just kept on going. But I don't think I coped with it completely right. I coped with it like how I thought I could, you know, just kept moving. Trying to, to do what I do. But... Um, yeah, so he's not going to hit me on the back of my head. If I didn't give that JD to the guy, the valet guy in Jordan, he was, wasn't going to mug me and he had no standing right to ask that money of me anyways. So like if, if, I, if I'm at a like high stakes situation, there's a deal going on and there's millions of dollars on the line. The other person wants this deal as much as I do. They all wanted money from me in these scenarios. And they would have all lost more than I would have gained if I 
changed my mind. So people are more risk averse than, than they are um, eager to, to gain, I guess. We're, we're afraid of losing more than we're look, looking forward to gain. So I had the power there at that point, you know, I, I have the negotiating power. If I'm in a position like that again, I need to know that I, I need to make the right decision, man. It's more worth, it's worth more than the embarrassment that I might get out of the situation or what you might think about me. I'll still control my frame. Maybe I need more time. Maybe I can ask more questions to understand more. Uh, but I knew, I knew in every one of those situations that I should have acted differently and I didn't. And that's it. I knew it and I didn't listen to myself. And I didn't follow the path that I knew I should have. That's the mistake. But at the same time, I'm so glad that I, I get to have these mistakes and I get to talk about them because I think that's the fucking entire point of this this uh, this thing that I'm doing. Why else share about my life if I don't want to treat it as a metaphor for other people or even myself to learn from it? This is what I feel like I've went through my entire life. I felt like at every stage in my life, I was just making so many mistakes in so many different areas, but I just kept on paying attention to them and kept on trying to next time just be a tiny bit better and to adapt a bit better. Like I, I've mentioned this before, sometimes like I feel like I'm the dumbest person in the world trying to be as smart as, as he possibly can. And that takes trial and error, that takes that awareness, that takes that, that willingness to, to go through that process. And I'm willing to share that. Uh, you can think about me or whatever you want. I, I, I'd wish, I'd hope we'd be friends, you know, I'd, I'd hope, you know, I want, I want to have more people around me, definitely. Um, but it is just what it is. My life is my metaphor. I am an author and my life is my metaphor. <laughs>